Welcome back to another episode of Micah Jiggers. Today, we're talking about the one and only Mulan. I love Mulan. Just gonna say it. It's one of she, her and Pocahontas are two of my favorites and will always be. This is the first time I've seen it since it first came out. And that's been how long? 1998. Good damn. But to kick off today, I got to talk about my fucking animals. Before we started. <laughs> so you told me you wanted to talk about Scotty. Yeah. And as soon as you said you wanted to talk about your animals, your pitiful looking dog over here just kind of side glances backwards like what I do. <laughs> She's eyeing Dan with the most pitiful look like fuck. So Scotty, before we started this, I gave both the dogs a treat to, you know, let them settle and... Scotty went over to Finn's kennel and was trying to get his scraps. So, well, we took Scotty to the vet because it was time to update her shots. And this little bitch is severely overweight. They clocked her at 76 pounds. And she should probably be 10 pounds less. (laughs) At least. What's her BMI, 60? I don't fucking know. I don't understand that bullshit. Well, 30 would be bad. (laughs) I don't know if you heard. Did you hear her head hit the floor? Yeah, I did. <laughs> so the vet gave us specific diet instructions now for Scotty, and she can only have two and two-third cups of food a day. So I have a little half scoop in their uh, box of food, and I give her two scoops of that, and I go a little over on the second scoop, because she can have over two cups. And when I'm feeding her, she's trying, and then I take the scoop, go over to Finn's bowl. She like looks at me and like starts walking over to Finn's bowl. I'm like, no fat ass. It's not yours. And then she finishes her food. Like she's sniffing around like, oh, food. (laughs) She's so greedy. Like I feel like a terrible pet owner because we could walk them, but it's just been so hard with us being so busy with work. And then here where we live, the whole state has been extremely hot the last several weeks. And so it's not recommended, you know. If you're taking your pet out, at least put them in, like, some grass. Mm -hmm. But, like, asphalt and concrete are going to be so hot. And so, like, we literally cannot exercise our dogs right now because our backyard is so small. You should get them some, like, designer booties to wear. Absolutely not. I'm not that kind of person. Some bedazzled leather for Scotty. Um, no. If I don't wear animal print or animal skins, neither do they. She would look amazing in, like, doggy go-go boots. No? You're being kind of fucking weird. <laughs> I am I you, not being weird? I know you like my animals, doing, but I don't know you like them that way. <laughs> you should have seen what she... <laughs> Scotty just, like, poked up her head, and she looked back at me, and she, like, moved her eyebrows up and down, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's so fucking weird. But, like, speaking of my animals, taking them outside, I don't know about you, mosquitoes love me. And when I take them outside at night, I've been making Mikey take them out at night because I literally look like I have meth bug legs because of all the mosquito bites and they welt up on me. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a scratcher, so I literally look like I have meth legs. Yeah, I can't help but scratch. <laughs> it's so awful. Yeah. Stupid animals. Why do I have them? I so, Sorry. Well, I was going to ask if you wanted to talk about this video that I sent to you earlier this week. The music video? Yeah. 
<laughs> Would you care to describe that to our listeners? I guess. So it's Kermit the Frog singing Hurt by Johnny Cash, and the video revolves around Chef. The Swedish Chef. The Swedish Chef. And it's really weird. It's the dumbest thing because it's the longest lead up to a joke just to get to the part where Johnny Cash sings My Sweetest Friend, but it sounds like My Swedish Friend. Oh. It was the weirdest thing. I was driving home from work. I had that song in my head and then I just became fixated on Swedish Friend, Swedish Friend. I'm like, it would be great if there was a music video where it was just the Swedish chef. And then I went home, typed into Google, and the internet gods answered my prayers. I, part of me, like, it's like a 50-50. Like, I'm honestly shocked that you found it so quickly, but I'm also not surprised that it's there. It made me as happy as the time that I decided to Google whether anybody had ever edited a music video of Optimus Prime singing Roll Out. And sure enough, they had. God. Jesus Christ, people. Oh, Lord. I just enjoy I that I'm not the only one with this sense of humor. But so you sent that Kermit video to me. Mikey sent me another Kermit video today. And it says, why is this even a thing? And it's Kermit the Frog singing Wait and Bleed by Slipknot. Okay. And it's the part where it says, I stick my fingers in my eyes. I don't know. It's really weird, but it's in Kermit's voice. <laughs> and I will I will have to figure out how to find it on YouTube because it was on it was an Instagram thingy from a meme. But it's Kermit the Frog singing Slipknot in Kermit the Frog voice. And it's fucking weird. I wish I could do a Kermit the Frog voice. Why? Because I would make him say the most obscene things. Get working on it then. There was one day I was annoying a coworker. Because we were assembling a grill. It was taking forever. And I don't even know the name of the song. It might even be called More Than Just a Dream. But it was like really popular at the time. It was like, more than just a dream. <laughs> but for whatever reason, I just kept doing it as like Mickey Mouse. So it was just like all day long working on this grill with this coworker. I just kept doing more than just a dream. Just out of nowhere. Is also very lucky leprechaun-ish. Like, it wasn't even great, but it, was like, it amused no, me more you, than it amused him. You need to throw the... <laughs> but it was like a full day of just doing that over and over again. Is it the same coworker that just... He's no longer there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Does it make you sad that you can't tell him jokes and then explain to him why they're funny? It does, but I saw him the other day and I got the opportunity. <laughs> he probably was like, I don't miss this. He did not appreciate it. <laughs> then he's missing out. So how about we go into a new segment? I'm not sure if it'll be every episode. Just kind of depends on what news is available. But just because we have decided on this podcast that Jared Leto is a douchebag, I thought we would just do an occasional roundup of news proving why Jared Leto is a douchebag. We need to throw some, like, news music in the background. Breaking news, Jared Leto is a douchebag. Or just, Jared Leto is a douchebag. <sighs> but I have a mild example this week of Jared Leto being a douchebag. Okay, hit me. So he accidentally leaked the title of the next Tron film, and it was him 
just confirming that he's going to be appearing in the next installment, which are you familiar with that series at all? Just the first movie that came out a few years ago. Yeah. It's just kind of a cool world where people live inside the computers. I mean, I know the original Tron story, and I'm pretty sure I played the Tron game, so. Kind of Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Well, he's going to be in the next one, and so far they've just been calling it Tron 3. Isn't Tron with Chris Pine? No. Oh, who's the guy? It was Garrett Hedlund. I don't fucking know who that that is. The one that came out a few years ago was actually a sequel to one from the The, 80s. Yeah. But he took to Twitter to confirm that he was going to be in the film and announced it as Tron Ares, and then he very quickly deleted the tweet and replaced it with one that just said Tron. But I just love that he just, he had that same problem as Trump, just went straight to Twitter, tweet off something stupid, and he's like, ooh, I gotta walk that back. Except here's the difference, Trump doesn't walk back, he just makes it worse and worse. (laughs) He just just spins it. Yes. There's no word yet on what role he's gonna play, but just based on his past acting history, I'm inclined to think that he's going to get in character by sending a computer virus to every single one of his co-stars, because he doesn't know how to actually act. He has to put himself as the actual person that he's playing. Speaking of Jared Leto, are you going to go see the new Morpheus movie? Probably not, because I have zero interest in a second-tier Spider-Man villain getting his own series without Spider-Man in it. If I'm not going to see Venom, I'm not going to see Morpheus. Yeah, I wasn't sure how what your thoughts were on it. Um, If there was a good actor in it, I might be inclined to watch it. But, you know, there's another role that's just going to go to his head, and then he's, never, he's not going to get to play Morpheus in the next movie, and then he'll get pissy. You know he's sucking someone's blood on set. Like, he doesn't know how to just act like a normal actor. He has to do that method bullshit. Just stick to singing. Yeah, for anybody that doesn't remember, when he was the Joker in Suicide Squad, he sent all sorts of horrible and inappropriate gifts, gifts in quotation marks, to all of his co-stars. It's fucking weird. (laughs) He's fucking weird. I I was reading something online. People think that 30 Seconds to Mars is a cult because they have, like, some kind of retreat. For, like, super fans. But, I mean, it's like all those other, like, cruises and whatnot that these huge bands put on. So, it's like you're paying to go away to this island where they're going to play music for you. Like, you would go by a cruise where they're going to play music for you. Well, I'm pretty sure, like, back in the day when they were actually a decent band, they even were like, oh, yeah, we're like a cult. I don't fucking remember. I stopped listening to them years ago. But, like, if they come on, I'm not going to, like, change it. I still enjoy listening to their old stuff, but... Do you have a problem? Do you want to voice your opinion on how douchey Jared Leto is? <laughs> and if you can't hear, it's Scotty just laying on the floor crying for no fucking reason. Crying doesn't even really describe it. Whimpering? Yeah. She's being weird. And she's just... She's wagging her tail. There's nothing wrong. She's just staring at Dan. <laughs> she really wants you to buy those go-go boots for her Dan. I told you, she she did that eyebrow thing. Your dog loves me. No, you can't have her. <laughs> I will fight you over her. You can take Finn. Oh, <laughs> poor Finn. I don't know. Finn's a good dog. I wouldn't mind having Finn. How about we go into what the fuck news? Okay. So this is one is from the Associated Press. I'm going to leave out the headline. Because I don't want to ruin the surprise for you. Mm. Out of London, the UK Foreign Office has announced the retirement of a key diplomat. Undersecretary Simon MacDonald has accepted a letter of resignation from Palmerston, the office cat. The letter, signed with two paw prints, explains that Palmerston has become accustomed 
to a more relaxed lifestyle during the coronavirus lockdown. He writes, I have found life away from the front line relaxed, quieter, and easier. Palmerston has served in the Foreign Office since 2016 and will be missed by co-workers who remember him for unparalleled generosity. John Benjamin, director of the Department Diplomatic Academy, sent his well wishes while remembering the time Palmerston gifted him with a slightly chewed dead mouse next to his desk. Palmerston's tenure was not without conflict, however. There are reports of long-standing tension between he and Larry, the cat at the Prime Minister's residence. The two have been reported to fight in the street outside the Prime Minister's home. There's no word on whether this scandal played any role in Palmerston's resignation. What? (laughs) They had an office cat at the UK Foreign Office, and they decided, instead of just not saying anything, they would announce his retirement. It almost sounds like that mayor cat was in Alaska or something. Yeah. Um, he was referred to as the chief mouser of the office because he caught so many mice. I love it. Aw. That's, that's a cute title. I just love that he, like, somebody sat down and drafted a letter of resignation for him and then presumably dipped his feet on an ink pad to get him to sign it. I wonder how many cuts he got. Who knows? I also love the idea that he just gets in fights with the Prime Minister's cat. (laughs) But yeah, that was from the Associated Press and it just cracked me up. (sighs) It's not even really what the fuck news. It's just like, okay, whatever. Why is this news? Mine really isn't what the fuck news either, except for the fact that it, like, the way people are reacting to it is really what the fuck. So Disney confirms its first bisexual lead character who is also multicultural. So. More diversity is coming to Disney Channel as it has a bisexual lead character on the Owl House. The 14-year-old Dominican-American girl is not Disney's first LGBTQ plus character because of Pixar having a gay character in a short film. But Luz is the first bisexual character to make a debut on a Disney Channel TV show. So it follows her adventures becoming a witch, even though she does not have any magical abilities. And it says, at first, certain Disney leadership was not too fond of having of the idea of having an LGBTQ plus character, said the series creator, Dana Terrace. I don't see what's wrong with it. I actually don't have a problem with it. More power to you. I think it's great. My problem with it, though, is that people are losing their fucking mind over Disney. They're saying, why would you be teaching our children this? Why this? Um, it's wrong. God this and God that. I'm like, it's a fucking TV show. If you don't want your kids to see it, then just don't show it to them. Yeah, they're talking about, oh, we're not ever going to watch Disney Channel again. I'm like, bullshit. It just makes me so angry because it's 2020, people. Why is it so hard to have more representation in TV shows? There are children out there who are struggling with this and are too afraid to, you know, relate to something like this because if they live in a religious household, what's going to happen to that child if they came out? It's sad. I'm actually really happy that Disney did this because it is a big step for them. I never expected, I mean, they've had a few gay characters here and there, but like, this is a lead character in a TV show, which, like I said, Makes me absolutely thrilled. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. I mean, I'm a white male, so I've never really struggled to feel represented in anything. Mm-hmm. So representation is not something that I really give a whole lot of thought to. So, yeah, I just don't have anything to contribute on that. Okay, moving on. 
the Energy Department proposes showerhead standards rollback after Trump complains. Hold on, what? The U.S. Energy Department is proposing to roll back energy stand or efficiency standards on showerheads because Donald Trump complained. Oh, fucking shocker. Yeah. Okay, so here's the whole story. So they've got this new proposal that seeks to redefine the word showerhead in order to get around current regulations, limiting them to a flow of 2.5 gallons per minute. And President Trump has repeatedly advocated to reverse efficiency regulations for these showerheads, toilets, dishwashers, and even light bulbs. He's on record as complaining about modern showerheads being inadequate for washing his hair. What hair? Yeah. (laughs) Stating, quote, my hair, I don't know about you, but it has to be perfect. Perfect. I can see his tiny little baby hands doing this. And the administration has not clarified how better showerheads, or not even better, how more powerful showerheads could possibly make that dead squirrel on top of his head look any better. (laughs) Or even good. But, um, yeah. Let's fuck up our natural resources just for him. Oh, he's already done that himself, so. Well, here's the great thing. The way they're going about it with the redefinition is because we've been living with this 2.5 gallon per minute standard since 1992, which it's been almost 30 years and live with it. Yeah. But this article I read from thehill.com, one of their experts said the proposal will likely face legal challenges since the 1992 law includes specific provisions to prevent backsliding on these efficiency standards. So they can't just outright say, oh, no, we're getting rid of this standard. They're just trying to redefine words so they can get around it. Maybe if he showered correctly, he wouldn't look like a fucking Cheeto. I don't know about that. That bitch needs to learn how to blend. I just, it's so stupid. Like, I can't even say I've had issues with shower heads. When this went into effect, I wasn't taking showers yet. You weren't even born. True. The rest of us are just used to it. This is the way it is. I don't know how he hasn't been able to adapt, but... Because he's a little bitch. And he's trying to run this like his own little personal fiefdom. I mean, everything else that he's fucking done the last week, especially like the USPS, and I know you have your own opinions on that, (laughs) but it's bullshit. It is. It is very much bullshit. That's a whole long long discussion. I don't want to go down, but yeah. Deliberately trying to sabotage. sabotage the election and rig it in his favor by. But then, did you see that um, he? I I don't. I saw it at a glance, so I don't know if like the legitimacy of it. But somewhere I read that him and the first lady were going to mail in their votes. It wouldn't surprise me. Apparently, they were removing actual mailboxes yeah. in Western states. Oh yeah. People were taking trailers and removing them and putting them somewhere else. Like (laughs) The first reports I heard was just mail sorting equipment so that all the postal workers would have to sort it by hand. And now they're just making it hard for people to even mail them. Like, it's, yeah, like I said, I don't really want to go down that road. Eh, We brought it to attention, at least. Yeah. But what a fucking joke. Yeah. I'm voting by mail just. Oh, I thought about it, too. Just against him. I already requested my ballot. I need to. But. Why don't you go on to your next story? Okay. So this ties into us talking about Mulan here in a little bit, because as you guys know, there's a live action Mulan that is being released. So there's a local theater. They made a post on Facebook about the new Mulan. And it starts, is Disney now killing the dream? 
quoted, Most adults have wonderful childhood memories of Disney movies and characters and children even today thrive on the creativity of Disney classics. Recently, Disney made a decision that will affect all of us. They chose not just to push back the theatrical release of the much-anticipated Mulan, but rather to completely cut it out of movie theaters altogether. Well, couldn't they release it in theaters and VOD at the same time, video on demand? Yes, they could, but they didn't. Wouldn't that virtually kill off movie theaters, especially in small towns? Yes, that's exactly what is at stake. We believe the Disney company has lost sight of value of community gathering together for a shared experience when they finally get to see the larger-than-life creation that Disney has seemed to master over the decades come to life on the big screen. One day soon, we will have the answer for the COVID question and people will resume the activities that have shaped our culture. Some things need to change while others don't. We're hoping all of you agree that the movie theaters still have a place in our community. We ask that you consider not renting Mulan when it releases on video on demand. Help us send a message that we, too, are vital. Don't let Disney kill the dream. And then it's signed by the family that owns it. Hashtag not showing Mulan. I'm sorry. I'm still going to go see the new Mulan. It's coming out on Disney+. Plus. I'm going to fucking watch it. For $30? Mm. Okay. Some background info for people that don't really know the whole story. They've just canceled the theatrical release completely. That movie's been pushed back four times. It's had four release dates. This COVID thing, like, it's really screwing the studio's release schedules. So they finally decided, you know what, we're not screwing with it. At least domestically, it's going to premiere on Disney+. Plus. You can buy it for $30. Which you would buy in a store. Yeah. And then it'll still release theatrically in mainland China, where it's expected to do really well for obvious reasons yeah yeah well, why don't you give your opinion first because i i got all kinds of like thoughts on this honestly they are a movie theater they are owners of several in the area and i can understand them being upset but because there hasn't been other releases they've been just they the movies that they own they've been rerunning which is great they're still getting a bunch of people in but i mean the community outrage of people just like, I'm never gonna do this or that ever again. We support you. I'm like, you also have to realize Disney is also a business. They're also out to make money. It would suck if this theater shut down because it has been a movie theater in our community for years and years, probably over 30 or 40 years. This has been a movie theater. And I would be very upset if it shut down, but there's not much we can do right now with the way the world is. Everybody still has to try and make money somehow. I do understand them being upset, but I'm still going to watch the new Mulan. Yeah, I'm the same opinion of it is a business. I love the theater going experience. There's watching it at home is just not the same, whether it's the quality of the speakers, the size of the screen, the feeling of like enjoying something with a crowd and all experiencing that at the same time. Mm -hmm. But the more they push these release dates back, it screws up everything else. It's not like you're just going to keep the rest of the schedule the same and release this at the same time as something else. Mm -hmm. And like you can't just keep backing it up and backing it up. And we only have, the theater that we have is relatively small. It's got two theaters in it. So it's not like if something else, if they ha were going to be able to play a new movie, and like two mo new movies usually come out about the same time, it's not like they can play all three of them all at the same time. 
And also, I have my doubts about how well this movie was going to do in theaters. Mulan has fans, obviously. You said you're looking forward to seeing it. Yes. I probably wouldn't have seen it in theaters. Eventually, I probably would have seen it on Disney Plus when it came on just as part of the lineup. I do like going to the movie theater, but I don't really have the time to go to the movie theater anymore. Like, I, when I have kids, yeah, I'm definitely going to take them to the movies. But as an adult, I don't have the time to go to the movie theater. So I'm either renting it from Amazon, buying the DVD out at Walmart, or watching it on on demand. I have theories, like financially, why Disney probably decided this isn't worth replacing something on the schedule to put this in theaters. Because if you just go back to the original Mulan, it's not a bad movie. But it's also not really up there with Aladdin and Lion King. It was in the later era of the 90s. It just doesn't get as much recognition. Yeah. And back before Corona happened and all that, this movie was supposed to come out in March. It was predicted to have an opening weekend of 85 to 90 million. That's impressive. Not really. No? <laughs> it, that was around the same as the Aladdin remake. The 2019 Lion King brought in 180 million on opening weekend and was predicted as high as 230 million. So this, even by their industry projections, it wasn't going to be an Avengers or even Lion King level success. And on top of that, I feel like an all Asian cast is a hard sell in Trump's America, right or wrong, especially when he's spent the last several months talking about the China virus. It's not really fair to blame the Chinese people, but there is a lot of frustration with where the world is right now because of their government's lack of transparency and action early on. I think all those factors led them to just decide, you know what, this isn't probably going to be as successful as we want. Let's recoup our money. $30 is actually a really, really good deal. I mean... So, it sounds like a lot to buy something on demand, but think about how much a family would pay going to the theater. Because this local theater, it is six bucks per person to get in. And I mean, it does include drink and popcorn. But if you're going as a family of four, that's $24. And then if they want to buy more snacks on top of that, you're spending about $40, $50. And that's just at a local theater. Yeah, that's cheap where, for a theater. Whereas the theater in the next town over, I think it's $7 to get in per person. But drink and popcorn are not included. But they have bundle prices. So you're still spending that. But if you go down to... Like down one by of the cities... Yeah, like an AMC theater, you're going to pay so much more than that for a family of like... One of my friends and I, we we actually snuck candy in. We went to see, I think, Annabelle. It was either Annabelle or one of the Conjuring movies at an AMC theater about 45 minutes away. I paid 15 plus dollars just to see, just to buy me into the movie. And then another 10 if I wanted popcorn and soda. Yeah. I mean, normally new releases on digital aren't nearly that much. But I see, I see what they're trying to do. Like, the, you also have to think about what they're charging. It's not just to get their money back on the movie. They're trying to calculate the best price to equate to what they would have made from theaters, but also what they would have made on the home release. Because it's that's what we're going to is straight to home release. So they're jacking up the normal digital price for that reason. I just, yeah. I don't want to see theaters go away, but right now, I see this as probably a good, safe bet on their part. And 
theaters can protest and be mad. I know there was a similar controversy with Universal earlier in the summer. It's not like any theater is going to stop and say, okay, we're not showing Disney movies anymore because not a fucking person is not a fucking business person with a mind is going to say, oh yeah, we don't want that Marvel money or Star Wars money. We've been talking about the new Mulan. You ready to talk about the original Mulan? I sure the fuck am. Sorry. <laughs> okay. But first, we need a word from our sponsor. Jesus fucking Christ. I gotta tell you, I had a hard time getting a sponsor for this episode. I'm sure you did. Well, see, we're talking about Mulan, so it made sense for us to be promoting something Chinese, but it also felt culturally insensitive. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to exploit another culture just for laughs. But I did find us a sponsor. Voted the fifth sexiest Mexican restaurant north of Kentucky. Welcome our new sponsor, Papi Dulce's Cantina. What? Looks don't translate over audio. I wish they fucking did. <laughs> Continue. I'm listening. Papi Dulce's is the perfect choice for date night. You don't need to impress that special lady. Papi will do it for you. She won't care what you have once she's seen Poppy's world-famous beef burrito. Enjoy her expression as Poppy personally gives it to her right in front of you. Are we doing Tasty News or a sponsor? <laughs> it's a sponsor. It's Poppy Dulce. Okay, is it like Poppy, like, dad? Yeah. <sighs> Where Where is that one co-worker that when we need him to say, I'm Poppy? <laughs> Be prepared. Most customers are shocked at the size. No one leaves disappointed because Poppy's burrito is guaranteed to be bigger than her arm. I'm disappointed. And Poppy Dulce is considerate. To-go containers are available because no one should feel pressured to swallow the whole thing on their first visit. I don't like it. It's directly in my ears. I don't like it. <laughs> and we have a special COVID deal for those staying home in these troubling times, by appointment only, Poppy Dulce will bring the dine-in experience to your home. <coughs> no stress and no cleanup for you or your guests. Sit back and relax as Poppy Dulce stuffs as many tacos <laughs> as he needs to make sure everyone is satisfied. <coughs> And if you enjoy Poppy's company, don't be afraid to have him stay. Poppy appreciates every invitation to stay and eat tacos. Poppy Dulce's Cantina. Proudly making sure no one has to stuff their own tacos since 2003. <laughs> I hate my life. And I hate you. Do you know what Poppy Dulce means in Spanish? No. It's, uh, po poppy milk? Uh, Dulce is sweet. sweet. Sweet poppy? Sweet daddy? Sugar daddy. <sighs> that sponsor is fake. Crushing your dreams, I don't fucking care. It's a fake sponsor. Please do not look up Poppy Dulce. I don't know. I kind of hope there's a Poppy Dulce. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get down to business and talk about Mulan. I love what you did there. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <sighs> Mulan seriously is one of my favorite movies. It's so good for the time. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen this movie, so I barely remembered anything of it. I do have a problem with it, though. There are several Asian voice actors, but it is still very whitewashed. 
Okay, my problem I have with it, at one point early on, there's a advisor to the emperor. Uh-huh. I'm like, wow, that sounds like a very stereotypical Chinese voice. So I'm like, I'm going to look up IMDb, see like how much this cast was Asian. And it appeared like most of it was Asian. So I was like, oh, okay. He's just choosing to do a stereotypical voice. Um, Mulan, <laughs> Li Shang, Fazu, the mother, whose name I can't remember, the emperor, and the advisor, and I think a few others are definitely voiced by Asian people. But like the grandmother, white. And well, Eddie Murphy plays Mushu. But like the singing voices for Li Shang and Mulan yeah. are white people. I did not realize that. Yeah, they're separate voices. Hmm. And um, the singing voice for the grandma, she has like that tiny little snippet right at the beginning where she sings. A white person. It's a different person maybe, than the. Maybe the actors couldn't sing. I don't get it because I mean. It's not unusual. I mean, other Disney movies have done it. Whatever. But like, that's really one of my biggest problems with the movie is that, but it was also 1998. So, I mean, people never really. Whitewashing wasn't like extreme like it is today where people are calling it out. Mm. Speaking of issues with the movie, um, my memory of this movie was like it was a female empowerment movie, which I still think that's what it was intended to be. In 2020, it really reads like almost like a transgender type story. Like I could see how transgender people would relate to Mulan, mm-hmm. especially when she has that whole song about like her reflection. When will my reflection match the person I am inside or whatever? Yeah. At the same time, it doesn't seem that forward. Or that progressive because you have different people throughout the movie make fun of her as a cross dresser or drag show. So it's like this weird dichotomy of, oh, this is really forward thinking for the time. Now, not so much. Yeah. What else did you have? So I understand that it takes back in um, what I mean, obviously it was the Huns. So like the Hun dynasty, if you're going Mongolian, but like what kind of do you know what the Chinese dynasty was? This is a fictional time in Chinese history. Yeah, fuck it. Like, I mean, there was a legend of Mulan, but yes. like, the way it's depicted in this movie, it's snippets from various dynasties and stuff, just okay, they kind, of, kind of cobbled together fantasy China. Okay, so the time period that this takes place in, and I wish I could study China a little bit more because, I mean, their dynamics are definitely different. I have, I like to study the dynamics of different cultures. I think learning about other cultures is very cool. But in this time period, being a woman in this dynasty of China, you didn't have any kind of like, the law was basically you shut up and be a wife. You don't speak unless you're spoken to. You do X, Y, and Z. You take care of everything. So an outspoken woman was very, very hard to come by. And I mean, they even said in the army, you know, she ran away to join the army. And if she was found out, she would have died. And you saw, we saw that in near the end where she saved Shang and it's a life for a life. So she got to live. Thing, I mean, that was true. And I mean, in some countries, that's still true today. Yes. Yeah. It's wild. And that kind of went into my interpretation of it as a kind of transgender story too, because she spends so much of it having to pass as male. Mulan herself kind of reminds me of the big sister in Lilo and Stitch. Like, her personality yeah. and, like, the way she means well, but just keeps, like, stumbling over herself. Mm-hmm. 
Didn't really have anywhere to go with that. I just, it kind of reminded me of her. Mulan's badass. And even after the war is over, she's a hero. And like, you can see a dynamic shift. Like, the emperor is like, I want you on my council. You're extremely smart. You're brave. You're good at what you do. And she's like, I need to go home. <laughs> like, I miss my family. I like the emperor, the brief part he's in it. After she returns home, and he basically looks at Shang. He's like, hey, jackass, go after her. Oh, he says his little um, thing about like the little blossom. Like, yeah. the one that blossoms like the latest is like the most rare. And he's just like, the fuck? He goes, <laughs> go the fuck after her, you dummy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were some really good fucking lines in this movie. I really wish that that relationship between Mulan and Shang was more developed. Because it really does seem like they don't spend that much time bonding, really, before she's exposed as a female. And then after that, they're like, oh, we're in love, even though he doesn't trust her anymore. Yeah. I think that's another one of those products of the time it was in. Because if they did develop any kind of bond, it would be seen as kind of like a gay relationship. Yeah. At least on Shang's part. Yes. And I mean, in that time period, that's a no-no, and so... <laughs> Not even in that time period in China, in like the 90s, yeah. when the movie came out. I mean, we just talked about that earlier in the podcast. Yeah, true. But I think once exposing her as a woman, he's like, wow, she's smart and cunning. So, I mean, I think seeing her in action, too, when they are rescuing the emperor, he's like, goddamn. But, like, I think their relationship develops. So, there's a second Mulan movie. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely see their struggle with their relationship. They don't really have... I mean, so I actually started watching the, the first part of the second movie. And where the second movie takes place is a month after rescuing the Emperor, defeating the Huns. And they're like, well, we've only been together, like, a month. And so, it took a month and they fell in love. So, but you also got to think, different time period. Not just, cause, like, not the 90s, but, like... yeah. People married very quickly in that time period because they were set up as marriages. Yeah. There was no courtship. No. Can you imagine, like, just the idea of your parents being like, hey, we know this family. They have a son or daughter. You two are going to get married. Hope it works out. <laughs> you don't really have a choice because you're not getting remarried or divorced. It's, it's almost a 50-50 shot of like, oh, I am really going to enjoy my life with this person or like, I fucking hate my life. And yeah. I, I have to do this because of my family. I can't imagine. I, I couldn't either. That would especially be so awkward. Especially being a female myself. It's hard to believe I know. <laughs> being a female myself, like, I'm a very independent person and so like, I can kind of, I mean, I didn't save up entire fucking country, but like, I can kind of relate to Mulan, like, I don't want to follow societal rules. I don't want to be shoved off into marriage. I'm a working woman, and I'm going to continue being a working woman. I, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I want to settle down and have a family, but like, I'm going to go back to work. Kudos to stay-at-home moms. That's not me. So I can understand where she's coming from on the part of like, I'm not just going to be somebody's bride. This movie was funnier than I was expecting it to be. Like, just stupid things. Like, the first time we see Mulan's horse, my first thought was, that is a fat-ass horse. He's a chonky boy, isn't he? And I'm like, okay, that's just the art style. And then I laughed later. Mushu, Eddie Murphy's dragon character, spends so much of the movie calling it a cow. 
near the end there when they're on the mountain after she gets left what is it he calls a cow oh what are you a sheep now (laughs) (laughs) there's the lucky cricket in the movie that supposedly will bring luck to people i think it's a lucky cricket but it's lucky to itself because it just survives so much improbable shit yeah you're only lucky if you're there with it because you're just avoiding the same shit that it is yes uh like i said they have some pretty good lines in there but i don't know this will always be a timeless movie to me oh i watch it over and over and i'll just turn it on at night because i just love that movie it's got good music the art style i think falls short of the movies that came before it like it seems much more simpler you know what i'm talking about yeah it's not maybe it's just because of the mountain settings for so much of it it's just not as lush yeah yeah, I didn't mind it as a movie. I'll probably watch the sequel on Disney+. Plus. Is it on Disney+. Plus? Yes, it is. Good. And I can't wait to watch the live action. Yeah. Before we get to Urban Dictionary, we got another word from another sponsor. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. This sponsor is Seamus McCrunch Haggis and Bran Flake Cereal. Ew. <laughs> Start your day off right with the only cereal guaranteed to make a real man out of you. Our new recipe includes extra haggis bits. Damn <laughs> To add more of that classic Highland flavor you've come to know and love. And we guarantee enough fiber to thoroughly clean out your bagpipes every day. Buy Seamus McCrunch today. Because why would you buy from a damned leprechaun when you can buy from a real man in a kilt? That's all I had. That's horrible. (laughs) That was awful. (laughs) Isn't haggis the sheep stomach stuff? (laughs) I was trying to come up with the worst cereal possible. It's like a Lucky Charms, but with bits of sheep liver instead of... Haggis bits? Yeah. It's, it's, like, marshmallow. T- it's like tiny little rolled up pieces. Uh. All right. Are you ready for some Urban Dictionary? I am. And before the show started, Dan said that he had his own. So I want to hear this one. I do. Keeping with the Asian theme of this episode, Szechuan noodler. Is it sexual? It's Urban Dictionary. True. Go for it. A sex act in which a mixture of earthworms and Szechuan sauce are inserted into a woman's vagina before and during copulation. She was looking for something extreme, and so he gave her a Szechuan noodler. If I just... So many <laughs> vaginal infections. That's... Ugh. Worms. Like, the squirming. Ugh. <laughs> like, that wouldn't be pleasant for her. It wouldn't be pleasant for him. No. Ugh. <laughs> I gave myself the creeps. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah. Rat liquor. That's the word of the day. I saw that. I, I didn't read the definition. You ready? Yeah. A person who refuses to wear a mask or take any basic precautions to help society prevent airborne illness during a pandemic in reference to the bubonic plague spread by rats. Wear your fucking masks. As soon as you said mask, I'm like, I know where this is going. Yes, wear your fucking masks. Are you ready for the other one? Yeah. Cherry chapstick. I don't know. I hear cherry chapstick and all I think is Katy Perry. You know, I kissed a girl. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. No guess? No. Chapstick that's cherry flavored. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> You're welcome. That's what you get for the fucking sponsors. That's like the most mild one I've ever had. 
But I saw it and I read it and I just had to laugh because it was just so funny. Because the one on top of it is called Skull Fucked. So, I mean, I could have went with that, but. <laughs> yeah, you should be happy the sponsors I went with. Because my first thought was to piggyback off of the whole Mulan Szechuan sauce thing and come up with a different tie-in for Space Jam. And it would have been R. Kelly's special sauce. Uh, yeah, be glad I didn't do an extended promo for R. Kelly's special sauce. Thank Oh, my God. Now they don't see so bad, do they? It's still bad. Okay. That's going to be all for this show. As always, please give us star ratings and reviews on whichever podcast app you're using. And be sure to check us out on our website at micajiggers.com and always at micajiggers podcast on Facebook where you guys can let us know what movies you want us to see and review and let us know what kind of games you want us to play. And yeah, we had fun. Yeah. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.